I'm back, baby. Oh, my double crap. Do you know who I am? No, but maybe if you hum a few bars. Yes, sir, random kid I just met. You know, this man's forgotten more about pain than you'll ever remember. About pain. About forgetting about. It's Jake C. Lee. I am the low rating that cancels your program. I thought you were made of sterner stuff. Don't be jealous because I'm attractive. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you're serious. Let me laugh even harder. It's time to check the link. I like that. I didn't do anything wrong because I can't do anything wrong. Hooray! People are paying attention to me. It's all in sports. Hey, on, everyone. It is All In Sports. Jake Seeley, your host, as always. Follow me at All In Kid. Probably doing that already. Have two great guests today. A little mixing things up. Uh, James Code Thursday. He's got a busy thing. He's got life going on. So hopefully we'll be able to get him back again soon. Just continue to follow him at James D. Co. And continue to check out those next-gen stats in the article over at The Athletic. Which, by the way, you can still go to if you haven't yet. I don't know why you haven't. But theathletic.com front slash all in sports, get you 30% off. We have baseball stuff rolling out early next year, probably towards the end of January, February. Going to get you ready for your drafts. Continuing coverage of football all year round. And myself, Emery, some others, the draft. I'm going to help you with the playoffs, all sorts of good stuff. So you should be over there. You should be checking things out. And including the top 100 Christmas songs by Nando. Uh, I did my top 10. He went all out with the top 100. But let's jump in today. Like I said, Mike Taglier is joining me first. He is from Fantasy Pros. You follow him at Mike Taglier NFL. You check out all his great work every single week over there. Make sure you do so because if you ever want as much insight as you could find, check out Mike Taglier. He's a great insight. So let's get started. Let's jump into it with him. Uh... I hate Amari Cooper so much. I know you I do, but, but you need to get over it. It's okay. No, you live, I, look. You live, I, you learn. No, so here's the thing is, so Amari Cooper, Jared Cook, and Tavon Austin. So Tavon Austin and, and Jared Cook and Tavon Austin were the originals. Those were the original, mm-hmm. I hate them, hate them, hate them. They'll never be on my team. And then, of course, you know, you get involved with the Patriots running backs and all that type of stuff. But even so, during those times, because you remember, that, especially with the Rams back in the day when it was, hey, they showed up week three. Oh, look, it's week seven. They're back again. Oh, look, it's week 12. They're back again. Like, those two were the worst. And um, same thing with Amari Cooper up until this point. But the best part about it was, I even admit it, at times I owned them because, like, come week 10 when they were dropped because the owners were so pissed right. off, yeah. I was like, well, I'll just put them on my bench just in case. <laughs> That's the thing is if you're going to drop them and give it to me for free, everybody right. at some point has a cost. So. <laughs> oh, no. But I, I, well, that's the thing is like going into next year, now that we know that Amari's with the Cowboys, that he's, he is the guy. Oh, he's going to be in the second round. I think you're probably right. And I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a bad play. Like, look, I mean, that's the thing though. Once you get outside the top, like the elite wide receivers, it's kind of like searching for the guys that are going to get targeted the most in the best offenses. And I mean, he has flashed and he plays in a good division uh, in terms of like what he's going to get matched up with. So um, I don't know if I'll put him second round, but he'll definitely be in the top three. This is a good segue into um, Derrick Henry. Let's talk about Derrick Henry real quick. Yeah. Like podcast purposes. Uh, so Derrick Henry, similar to Amari Cooper, but even better is going bonanza. So, well, actually, let me back up a little bit. Go back. <laughs> steps. Where were you in August on Derrick Henry? I was uh, I was a no go on Derrick Henry. Okay. Uh, I felt like it, I felt like him and Deion Lewis, one of them would have value um, every single week, but I also felt like it was going to be game script dependent. And um, you know, 
it, knowing that Marcus Mariota has been up and down throughout his career, knowing that I, I don't believe that he's going to be a franchise quarterback. I think that he's just someone that is going to like be teetering and it's almost like the franchise just doesn't know what to do. They feel like we spent so much on this guy, but he's just so inconsistent. I feel like Derek Carr is a similar situation where it's just like, I don't know if you're going to want to rely on these guys. So I figured there was going to be negative and positive game scripts for the running game. And if you saw a game where the Titans fell behind, it was going to be Deion Lewis. If you saw one that they were, they were ahead, I figured they had an awesome offensive line uh, coming in. They were ranked as a top five offensive line. They had every one of their starters returning. There were no concerns about that offensive line. So I felt like there would be production. But to see the new offense rolled in and to see, you know, the offensive line start to falter. Jack Conklin has been terrible all year. Taylor Lewan's been hurt a couple times. They had to go to Blaine Gabbert. There were a lot of factors that went into it. But I think running backs like Derrick Henry are the type of guys that have to get into a rhythm. And if you're giving him, right. you know, 8 to 12 carries a game, it's going to be really tough for him to do that. He's a big-bodied running back. He's, he's somewhat slow out of the box. He's running through mud. But once he hits that, once he gets, like, look past that first line of defense, good luck. Well, so that's funny. That's the exact same. So, and for people forget, and even in middle season, we had Mike Rabel say, everybody's going to have a role. There's going to be one game, somebody's getting 20 touches. The next game, he's going to get yep. five. It's going to be depend. And he said everything you said and what we echoed and kept saying in August, and I was with you, is I had them actually pretty close to each other in rankings, but neither of them inside the top 20 running backs because for that very reason. And you just said about the mud is what I've always said, even from college in my scouting profile of him said, if you get to him before he gets to the line of scrimmage, you're a good chance you're going to stop him. Whether you yeah. trip him up, whether you get good contact, whatever it is, get to him before he gets to the line of scrimmage. If you want the cliche example of running downhill, it's mm -hmm. Derrick Henry because once he gets to the line of scrimmage, if he's up at 100% of his speed, good God, get yeah. out of the way. I mean, it's true. That's why he's a freak of nature. So to your point, I said the same thing as well is, you know, you want 20 plus touches a game. Just give them 20 touches. They're not always going to be great, but because over the course of those 20 of wearing down the defense or being able to get to the line of scrimmage or <laughs> now sp talking specifically like week 16 is that yeah. offensive line is healthy and playing really well. That's where you get in trouble. And that's where you see him bust off a 20 yard run and another 20 yard run. And it makes up for the two yard, two yard, two yard. And by the end of the game, You've got 110 yards on 20 carries of over five yards per carry. That's why you do it. But if he's going to be – it's similar to DeMarco Murray with that whole mess in the Eagles system. Is yep. If you're not giving that kind of consistency. So we're on the same page. Where are you now? Like let's say – actually, I'm not going to say where are you today. I'm going to, I'm going to paint a picture for you real quick. Mm -hmm. right? If the final two weeks he gets 20 touches and 20 touches and has around 90, 100, maybe 100, somewhere in that range of yards for the last two weeks, and it looks like Deion Lewis is firmly taking a back seat, where are you for next year? Is he now inside the top 15 running backs? So I don't think that I'd put Derrick Henry in my top 15. He'd be close to that conversation, but typically when I'm drafting an RB1, which means you're going to draft them in you know rounds one and two, maybe even three, uh, those are the type of guys that – I want attached to a high-scoring offense. And, and as talked about with Marcus Mariota, I just don't know if this offense is going to be just that. You know, they have a young defense uh, that has been perform performing really well, and that's the only reason that they're in the playoff hunt right now. Um, so you could say that that defense is going to keep them in games, but if you have a running back who's not in a situation to, to score touchdowns every single week, that's really a problem. So for me, Derrick Henry is somewhat of a boomer bust running back, and you're going to want to play him in good game scripts again. Uh, and knowing that they paid Deion Lewis the handsome salary that they did this offseason – 
he's not going to just go away. So I think Derrick Henry is someone that I'd probably peg in that, you know, that RB 15 to 20 conversation, uh, but not someone that you like must reach for in drafts. All right. So probably the same as me He's not going to end up with him or, you know, as a side real quick, uh, because of what happened last week and the Derrick Henry on the positive. Well, I don't know if you want to call it positive because a lot of people are ticked off about it, <laughs> but it seemed last week that if you had a good team, you probably lost. Like you, you did in advance if you had the team that was favored throughout the entire year. I had one where I lost week one, won the rest of the year, had the number one seed, and in my very first playoff game being the second round with after a bye, I lost because a lot of the people we wanted fell apart. There's the question. I'm sure you saw it, Mike, over the past couple of days on Twitter. People are now like, oh, calling for, well, we should change the playoff setup. Well, we should do all play. We only should do both. I, I – that's fine if you want to do it. Like you and my, we're we're in plenty of leagues, and I think that's the answer. Is if you want to play in multiple leagues and play with one, that's all play, where you play everybody every single week, where the playoffs are, whoever the top two scores are advances to the next round. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. It gets rid of some of that unlucky risk to actually get more of a best team. If you want to play rotisserie football, which some people do, if you want to play points, that's all fine. But for the standard, like I don't think we should be changing fantasy football and the head-to-head setup because that's still exceptionally fun. That's what people love. You know what? Even though I'm on the bad side of it, it was still kind of funny to sit there and say, I can't believe I've got three zeros in my lineup for what happened. This, But that's fantasy football. I don't think we should change it. Just play in different leagues to get the exposure to those types. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more on this. And that if you want to do something like that, that's fine. If you, all your league mates agree, but the standard should not be that. The reason that we love fantasy football is because it is unpredictable. If it was based 100% on skill, it wouldn't be fun. You'd have the same people winning the league every single year because they put in the time, they put in the research. It's the same reason that we watch the NFL playoffs, right? Because any given Sunday, uh, I mean, did you did anybody think that, you know, the, 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 the Saints were going to walk into Dallas and post a zero? No, nobody thought that, but that's part of the oh, reason that we me. love the game. <laughs> And, you know, sometimes you're going to fall on the side of bad luck. Um, you know, injuries happen, suspensions happen, all these things happen. But when injuries happen in-game and you get a zero from Keenan Allen, you get, like, practically a zero from Aaron Jones and, and players like that, there's nothing you can do to help that. So don't be mad at yourself. Just take it as, like, it was a bad beat. It happens in poker. That's the thing is just, like, going back to all these oh, other things. There's, trust me. There's, the bad beats happen, and you have to kind of understand that. So uh, for me, there's no changing it to a best ball or anything like that. You just take it as it is, and it's just a bad beat. If, if, you, if for people out there who have never played poker, if you've never been sucked out on the river for somebody who shouldn't Ugh. have called the hand, then trust me, you, you want to get mad about fantasy football. Holy hell. When you, when you make a play or you make a bet and it's against what like everything in any smart person out there should call and they still call anyway and somehow whatever. Oh, God. Or even running cards. I, I've had the turn and the river go oh, bad. Of course, yeah. Where you- yeah, I was, I was in a big money tournament. I think it was like a $500 buy-in. There was like 100 people in this tournament. And that's like, I don't, I don't play World Series of Poker or anything like that. But I was, uh, this guy said all in. It was like on the second hand. And I, I, I basically held the nuts at that point. And I was like, I'll call. I mean, there's no point for me not to. I knew I had the best hand at the time. He caught running cards to get a straight. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, <laughs> He was basically doing it just to try and bluff the pot and just grab it. And he ended up winning because of it. So it happens. Uh, you know, I still have a story to tell because of it. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, fantasy the, football. No. He, the problem with me is I also I got a little bit of like Phil Hellmuth in me where it's like, oh like it's well, because to the point of like you shouldn't have done like so if, it were, you know, the flop comes out of on the turn and it's I have a good hand and I know it's not I don't have the nuts. I don't have the best hand that's going to ride through no matter what nuts. And so I sit there, but I know I have the hand. I know I'm in position and I make the move. 
and I bet two times the pot or something like that. And the person's sitting on like one pair and a super draw or something like that. And they call anyway. And then they hit. Like that's where I'm like, you so played that wrong and got paid. That's that's like the Helmuth side of it. It's like, I'm better than you. You were in the wrong. You made the wrong decision, but it paid off. Yep. Yep, definitely. It's it, it's un, that that that's the thing. It's unfortunate. Like like last week, if someone were to tell you that they were going to play Robert Foster over, I don't know, uh, Keenan Allen, like that's something no, you would here, laugh at. I got at. one for you. Somebody as a joke. So and it was funny when I retweeted it. A lot of people didn't understand the guy was joking. I guess because so people are so used to people trolling me now that <laughs> they don't think anybody's ever joking with me. But somebody last week when somebody was saying something about my rankings or something like that, and I came back or whatever. So a person comes back and says post-dated December 16th. So for everybody, that was after the game. And it said, post-dated December 16th, I can't believe you didn't have Brashard Perriman as a wide receiver one after his touchdown. That was, he posted, he actually, so I told the guy he should go play the lottery. So <laughs> I retweeted that and I said, yeah, I guess I'll have to have him as wide receiver 14. And he finished like, what, wide receiver 18? So that's the <laughs> point. It's like, he was joking. I added to the joke. If you would have done it to your point, if you would have played Perriman over Keenan Allen, it was still the wrong call, but you got paid off because those things happened. Yep. That, and that's, that's what I'm saying. That stuff's going to happen. I, I love when people on Twitter ask me those questions like, hey, do I play Todd Gurley or Jamal Williams? I'm like, I'm in the wrong here no matter what. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I, that's, that's, not, that's not a logical question. Like, you're just setting me up for failure. You understand that, right? And I don't want to do that. Speaking of, so let's get into this quarterback situation that we have to deal with for this week. We've got two of them, and I want to ask your opinion. Well, we've got two on the positive side and two on the negative. We're doing the negative side first. If you're in the playoffs and you somehow survived, because there's a good chance if you have either of these quarterbacks, they're part of the reason that you might have lost already. Do you roll out Drew Brees and or Aaron Rodgers this week in your championship game after what they've been doing? I do. Um, I do with Breeze. I do with Rodgers as well, as long as he plays, you know, because they've been talking, people have been saying, like, is it possible that Rodgers is going to be inactive? But I, I don't think that that's going to happen. Uh, I think that Aaron Rodgers wants to go out there and compete. I mean, as a franchise, like the GM, that's their decision to say, hey, we paid this guy a lot of money. There's nothing good that's going to come out of this. Why, why should we roll him out there? But, I mean, the Jets are a team that's allowed multiple touchdowns. I think it's in, like, 11 of their 14 games this year. So he provides a solid floor. There's been just two quarterbacks uh, over their last – 13 games who have scored fewer than 17 fantasy points. So again, like when you're talking about that range, you're talking about guys that are going to be, you know, at, at the very minimum, he's going to be in the high end quarterback two conversation, but it's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, are we really going to hold him playing the bears against him? It's because like, obviously we saw what happened to Jared Goff, right? And then somehow people are overlooking that and wanting to play Jared Goff as a top 10 quarterback this week, but they don't want to play Rodgers. I, I, it makes no sense to me. Yeah, I you think can Rogers, put Goff in the conversation too. Well, Goff, I, Goff is someone that I would not want to start if I could help it. I mean, uh, there, is a, there is a matchup's target there with Robert Woods, but Goff has been bad for three weeks in a row now. It's been like, it's not, it's not just well, the Bears. So Drew. Three, well, no, no, yeah. I call him Drew. Right. I'm like, we're buddies. <laughs> what up, but, Drew? Well, I, I call Mitch, I call Trubisky Mitch, so it works. But well, uh, At least Mitch kind of like that. I don't think I've ever heard anybody else ever say <laughs> Drew. <laughs> it's Mitchapalooza, but no, seriously. So in regards to Breeze, he was on the road for the last three weeks. So that really weighs into it. We've seen that with Roethlisberger. We've seen that with Drew Breeze, where it's like they go on the road and they're not as great of quarterbacks. But coming back home, I mean, it's a team that needs to get back on track. They're playing at home. They do have something to play for because they could suddenly, you know, if they were to lose their last two games and the Bears were to win their last two games, the Bears could wind up with the number one seed. And they don't want that to happen. You know, they want that home field advantage throughout the playoffs. So 
that game has shootout written all over it. I, I feel like Pittsburgh's offense matches up really well uh, with New Orleans defense, and I, I feel like Breeze is going to have to throw a little bit here. Uh, so I would start Breeze. I would start Rodgers. I have them both ranked as top seven quarterbacks this week. Would you, in that same game, you start in Ben Roethlisberger or Drew Breeze? Roethlisberger. Um, really? Just because, yeah, just because of the way that the teams match up. So I don't think there's going to be a, a run game for well, the yeah, Steelers I'll at talk all. about that real quick because I know a lot of people out there are also concerned about how well the Saints defense has been playing. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're lights out. I mean, if you look at running backs in terms of what's been allowed, they've allowed, uh, on the year, they've allowed 742 rushing yards. The closest team is 182 yards away. Uh, they're a lot, and it's not just volume. They've allowed just 3.23 yards per carry, which is the best in the NFL. They don't allow anything on the ground. Uh, one of the stats that I threw in the primer this week was that when you look at the fantasy points allowed to, based on quarterbacks and running backs, the Saints have allowed a, it's a league high, 46.9% of the points to go to quarterbacks, uh, while 53% go to running backs. The next closest team is, um, you have the Steelers at 54.5%. So it's like both teams favor the quarterbacks. It's, uh, those are the highest two percentage in the leagues. And when you look at the Saints, how that, that production that the quarterback gets is distributed, it is distributed to the wide receivers heavily. They allow uh, 68% of those points go to wide receivers, which is the third highest mark in the league. You know that Juju Smith-Schuster and Antonio Brown are who uh, Ben Roethlisberger funnels his passes to. They have an interesting scenario on their hands because like, they typically have Marshawn Lattimore take away the number one receiver, but that's a problem because you can't leave Antonio Brown in one-on-one coverage with anyone. Um, and if they do do that with Lattimore, he's going to get burned. And if they decide to say, all right, we're going to kind of like double, we're going to double Antonio Brown, then we're going to stick Juju Smith-Schuster with Marshawn Lattimore, they're going to beat them in a different way. So I just feel like the, the Saints defense is not equipped to handle Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster uh, because Eli Apple is just not very good. So I think Roethlisberger, his road splits really do concern me because that is a real thing. It's been six years now. It's a big enough sample size. I can't explain it, but I will say this. I did look at his splits in domes. Uh, so like when he goes and plays in domes, he averages like over nine yards per attempt. His touchdown to interception ratio is about is a two to one. So everything is good in domes. I just feel like this game has massive shootout potential and the Steelers defense on the road playing in New Orleans, I just feel like they could allow a lot of points. So I just feel like it allows for a lot of pass attempts here. Okay, well then on the flip side... Let's talk about the quarterbacks that you didn't expect to maybe have you here, and that's Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, and pretty much not because of their arms, but because of their legs. You got Lamar Jackson gets the Chargers pass defense, but is that really that much of a concern since he's not passing that much right. anyway? And then Josh Allen headed to New England where you don't play rookie quarterbacks against Bill Belichick. Like, would you play either one of these guys? They probably have you in the championship if you've been playing them. Do you roll them out there for week 16? It depends on what you're looking for in your roster. And I know that's a generic response, but it, it, if you want a fantasy floor, play Lamar Jackson. Uh, his are design runs. Like they actually, you know, that's the, that's the offense they're running. They're designing runs. He, in his five starts, he has not finished better than QB 11, but he has not finished worse than QB 15. So he's, <laughs> he's a high-end QB two is what he is. And that's what he, and like, you should expect that against LA. Now, is it possible that the game scripts go, it goes negatively? Yeah, it is. Uh, but I will say that the Chargers run defense has been a little lackluster lately. They lost, yeah, Corey Legit, defensive tackle. They lost a uh, Denzel Perriman, their starting inside linebacker. So they've lost some players on that defense. Um, that's that's been allow, allowing teams to run a little bit more. So I I think Lamar Jackson is a fine play as a high end QB two. Whereas Josh Allen, he's more of like the wild card, right? 
you know, I didn't like him last week against Detroit. Detroit had contained mobile quarterbacks uh, for much of the year. They hadn't allowed one more than 18 rushing yards. But looking over at New England, that's a team that Mitch Trubisky, uh, you know, he totaled, I think it was 86 yards and a touchdown against them. There actually should have been two rushing touchdowns for him in that game, uh, but he was th- pushed out at the one on the, on the one touchdown. So um, I feel like this – like, so when we talk about Josh Allen, it's a lot of scrambling. And why does, why does scrambling happen? It's when he drops back to pass. If you're talking about New England, the game script that you expect to happen, you know, they're 13-point underdogs in this game. Josh Allen should drop back to pass a lot. They don't have a running game. We don't know if Sean McCoy is going to play. We don't know if Chris Ivory is going to play. So when he drops back to pass, he doesn't find anybody. What does he do? He scrambles. And that's why I think this game kind of suits Josh Allen to where he might actually give you a top five quarterback ceiling this week. And I cannot say the same about Lamar Jackson. So... It, it just depends on what you're looking for. Me personally, I have Josh Allen ranked, I think, one or two spots higher, but it is close between the two. So you're telling me Josh Allen's a must start. That's what you're telling me, right? I mean, someone asked me if, if I had Trubisky and him, I would play Trubisky because I feel like you can get the best of both worlds because he can throw the ball. And, um, you know, San Francisco's secondary is a little beat up right now, hasn't been playing very well. So Trubisky would be the choice if you have, like, the choice of, like, all three of those guys. Should I throw out the fact that you're uh, a Chicago Bears fan? I, a lot of people call me a pessimist and people tell me that I'm too hard on Mitch. Um, but like, I, I just feel like, like I had high expectations for him before he was a Chicago bear. Uh, he was my favorite quarterback in the draft. And I know some people would be like, well, that was a miss. Yeah. You didn't have Patrick Mahomes. Um, we always knew Mahomes had the highest ceiling. I think that was a given, but, uh, so yeah, I, I was a Mitch fan before he was a Chicago bear. So don't hold my bias against me. And if anything, it's, it's negative bias because I'm harder on the bears than I am on any other team. Hey, that's See, that's the thing is, you know, people for baseball wise, always like, Oh, you met some like, no, trust me. I am the least uh, positive Mets fan. Actually, I, I, for the past two years, I told people I'm not a Mets fan anymore. I'm just, a non-fan. I don't even support anymore. <laughs> I'm a non-fan. <laughs> I, well, I don't know what you call because I'm not going to jump ship to another team. I, I always say past, right. past the age of knowledge, you're done. But at, at some point, like I just can't support the team anymore unless they change. But hey, you know what? They might be changing, but I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. What do you do if you own Leonard Fournette? Because... You want to talk about volume and to go back to the Derrick Henry thing. Like we knew this about Leonard Fournette. I don't think anybody knew it was going to be this bad. Nobody knew that it was going to be, hey, he can't even get four yards per carry. Hey, if he doesn't get 20 touches, oh my God, look out. But if he does, every single week he gets 20 touches, it's fine. He's getting 90 yards and a touchdown most weeks. But last week, one touch in the entire second half of the game. They got to look at, you know, the great David Williams, everybody. Uh, and now they're saying that might be the case. There's rumors that that might be the case again this week. It, I think, does he not have to still be an RB2 just because of the potential that they do give him the touches and a touchdown? Or is it like, oh my God, you're in a championship game. You can't risk somebody with that kind of threat. I understand, like, that's the thing. is like when you look at the running back, like, position right now and some a lot of people are having the situation where they're having to choose between Jamal Williams or Elijah McGuire and someone like Leonard Fournette. I, um... Here's my thing, like looking at the Dolphins and, you know, what they're able to accomplish on offense, you know, do, we, do I picture them scoring or, you know, putting up a lot of points on the Jaguars defense? I don't. So I think the game script should remain somewhat neutral. I mean, even if the Jags lose, it should be a close game. Um, and then like when you look at the Dolphins in terms of like what, what running backs have been able to do against them and how many touches per game, I think we should anticipate 30 plus touches for the, the Jags running backs in this game. And in a good matchup, it's, it's tough for me to say that, Fournette gets anything less than like 12 to 15 touches. And I think that's worth RB2 territory. Uh, and then on top of that, you're getting the upside if he does play more. I, I do happen to believe that it, it actually was part of the game plan about like sitting Fournette in the second half for Williams. It's 
So <laughs> because TJ Yeldon hasn't even received touches, like he didn't get touches last week. So it's not just like a Fournette thing where he was dealing with a foot injury. He came out after the game and they're, said that they're legitimately to do like wondering what they have in David Williams. I don't know what the, I don't know what they, they're wondering with Williams. I have no idea, but <laughs> I, I think it's like okay, we're tanking a little bit. But I think there's been enough blowback that they have to put Fournette on the field. Otherwise, it's just like it's considered tanking. That's exactly what it is. Um, so. Marone might get fired. <laughs> I mean, he might he might not make it through this. <laughs> but, uh, like Tom Coughlin at quarterback, and be like, "All right, come on, guys, you're not fooling anybody. Let's let's go." It's ugly, but I mean, the truth is, is that none of us really know for sure what they're going to do, and it, it's one of those things where I'm going to go back on Saturday and take a look and listen to all the press conferences this week and see if someone asked him, you know, is Fournette going to play the entire game, or, or is this something you're planning on doing going forward? Because that's all we can really go off of. But um, I I still do think that he gets 12 to 15 touches. I still think he's worth an RB two play. Jamal Williams might be safer, um, but I'm. I think I'd play Fournette over Elijah McGuire. Okay, so that's it. You would go Jamal Williams, Fournette, Elijah McGuire in order. Is that weird? Yeah. Yep. Interesting. I'd actually start McGuire. How come you don't like? I, I like him. Okay. Well, let's, let's we'll kind of close out on that then. So, because I would go Elijah McGuire for the guaranteed touches over not knowing what's going to happen with Leonard Fournette. Because, again, if he only has 13 and he's averaging three and a half yards carry and doesn't score a touchdown, at least I know Elijah McGuire is touching. Even if it's not a great 20 touches, he's touching the ball 20 times. Like, I think that's – and, again, I, I'm not saying – for everybody out there, I'm not saying he's wrong and I'm right. Uh, I have for all for this argument, I have them two spots apart of each other with Tariq right. Cohen sandwiched in between. So it's not like there's a huge gap. But I, I just – I, I think if it's my team, I would feel more comfortable with McGuire. It's a risk-reward thing, and 100%. I, I mean, I understand what you're saying. I don't think McGuire offers you, like, top 10 upside. I think Fournette does. But I think McGuire yes. is, like, guaranteed to finish as a top 24 running back. And I say that because uh, the Packers have allowed a top 24 running back in all but two games this year. In those two games, it was LaShawn McCoy, who finishes the RB35, and then Ito Smith, who finishes an RB29. Uh, so it's basically you have an RB3 floor with Elijah McGuire, but you should be getting a top 24 running back. It's just a limited upside. My concern is that, you know, the, the Packers do come out. They put up some points on the board against them, and they kind of have to abandon the run. We've seen that happen with Isaiah Crowell. We've seen that happen with McGuire. Uh, so that's my only concern with him. But I, do, I don't feel like the Packers are the juggernaut that we used to think they were. So I, I feel like McGuire should be played as like a low-end RB2, and I think you should be fine. Okay. Actually, I, I lied. One more quick. I know you got to get out of here. Last one, I'll let you choose, and you can give really quick. And I'll leave the other one because I got James coming on. So you get to choose. Do you want to give me real quick your opinion on Kalen Ballage, or do you want to give me real quick your opinion on the Chief situation? That you, it's, it's dealer's choice here. I guess uh, not dealer's I'll, choice. That's I'll, yeah, choice. I'll go on Kalen Ballage uh, because like, I have no idea why people are playing him this week. I mean, I said on my, uh, on my waiver wire show that uh, I would let someone else pick him up and let him play him because that's like this Miami backfield, you legitimately want no part of it. And, and there's no continuity. Like there's nothing, there's no trends. There is nothing that you could look at in the Dolphins, the way they've handled that backfield this year that says, oh yeah, I think we could, we could predict this to happen. Even with Frank Gore, I mean, he had single touch games. He had games with 12 touches. And on top of that, you're going against a Jaguars defense who has been dominant. Like outside of that Derrick Henry game, they've allowed just 967 yards and four touchdowns on 265 carries. That's 3.65 yards per carry. That's a touchdown like every, you know, 75 rushing attempts. That's just stupid. It's not a great matchup. The, the, the big run at the end of the game against the Vikings, that was in garbage time, essentially. They were down big. Kalen Balaj wasn't even the starter on his own team in college. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, why is all of a sudden, do we want to play a Miami Dolphins running back 
a third string running back, or actually, I don't even know if it's fourth string. I mean, Brandon Bolden did play a little bit more than him before, like the previous week. So don't play Kalen Balaj if you want to win a fantasy championship. <laughs> That's my advice to you. My advice to everybody is make sure you're listening to Mike Daglier. Uh Once yeah. again, tell everybody where to follow you, where to find your work, everything you're doing, and then we finally get a break after these 80-hour work weeks in about a week and a half. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, find me on Twitter at Mike Taglier NFL. All my work is on fantasypros.com. Uh, as I mentioned, if you go on Twitter, my, my pinned tweet is uh, the primer, and that's the, uh, the article I put my heart and soul into. It's about a 30,000-word article I write every single week. I cover every player from every game. I break down the wide receiver, cornerback matchups, DFS, all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, so you know we're getting into the, the playoffs, so that's when I move over to like strictly DFS. I'll, I'll do a primer on DFS. And then in the, in the offseason, we're going to be covering the NFL draft. So I'm going to be writing up a lot of rookie scouting profiles, going through the NFL draft, doing mock drafts. So definitely stay tuned throughout the offseason. Yeah, it's great stuff. Follow Mike, and uh, thanks for coming on, man. I always appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. First of all, you're stupid. Big, Because you're dumb. Big, fat, meanie. You're an idiot. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point... In your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine, but uh... that's me. It's Thursday. No James Co. today. No Co. knows. Uh, he's actually having work done in his house. But what I'm doing instead because it's still one of my favorite segments. I'm kind of sad that we started doing the Patreon and lost it, but it's, it's time for the Big Fat Meanie, although we are going to talk all things besides my ranks as well, but it is Chris Meanie. You know him for the Patreon, and actually, you know what, Chris, the people that don't follow the Patreon, since we, we don't have a ton of people over there yet, um, they haven't heard you in a while, so this is good to actually have you back. Yeah, I know, man. It's been a while. Um, it's been so a while. It's been a while. So hopefully James gets uh, whatever he needs done to his house and uh, I'll fill in gladly for him. And, and you know, I, I'm looking at your ranks. It's kind of hard to pick apart one of the best records in the game. But And also week 16. There, you know, you get to this point of the season where, and I know you write this all the time at The Athletic, you know, don't get too cute. Trust the guys who got you there. You know, work for safe floors and all that. But, man, you get into a situation this time of the year where, it's okay actually to bench like it's certainly from the quarterback position it's okay to bench maybe somebody who got you there for example philip rivers tough spot see so let's start with the quarterbacks and let's talk about them because that's not even who i was going to go to first but that is a good one because i have a league where philip rivers got me there i have a league where look i make mistakes i guess people know this i mean this is one of the leagues that i was kind of it's not up the upper echelon of my attentiveness and I didn't look far enough ahead, and I have Philip Rivers, and unfortunately, my backup plan is Jameis Winston. No. So, you know, like three weeks ago, I'm like, whatever. I can, yeah. I don't have to. I never thought for that league to look that far ahead for Week 16 to say, oh my God, I'm not really going to want to start either one of them. If you have, you see where I have them ranked. I have them 16th and 18th. Yeah. Would you go with Rivers if you're on your like? How far are you digging for either one of those with these matchups? Yeah, it's tough. Like, I, I, for me, I want to see Keenan Allen play. Like, I really do. And that has a lot to do with Rivers, in my opinion. Even though, like, he passed the test. Like, I'm a Rivers owner as well. And I played Josh Allen last week. I didn't want to deal with him going into Kansas City and the struggles that he's had and 
throughout his career in Kansas City, and he turns out to have a pretty good game. Throws over 300 yards, has two touchdowns, 20 fantasy points, and you know, sitting there looking at the start of the at the game when he throws that pick, I'm like, yeah, I made the right call. It turned out Allen was fine, and then you're in a situation this week where. Yeah, Rivers, I own some Winston as well. I, I think I would just roll out Rivers. I, I think he could no do Keenan it. Allen? Yeah, yeah, I know. that. Again, that's what I said at the start. Like, if right, there's so no Keenan. The I'm going to give you a scenario. Phillip yeah. Rivers with no Keenan Allen. Yeah, I don't like it. Or Sam Darnold. Oh. <laughs> I, think, I think I still roll with Rivers. Like, Mike Williams is a player, and he, he obviously showed up. That probably had a lot to do with Kansas City secondary, but he is a solid player. Tyrell Williams, he looks like Melvin Gordon's going to come back out of the backfield, catch a few balls for you. I think he could do enough, and you're really just you're really rolling the <laughs> dice with Sam Darnold, even though it is the Green Bay Packers. And, you know, he did some okay things last week. I was impressed with a lot of what he did, actually, in that game Saturday against Houston. But no thanks. It's not in a championship week. I'm not rolling out Sam Darnold. And I'll probably just stick to Rivers without Keenan Allen, even over Jameis. But that's huge if you really are looking for that that ceiling. And no Keenan, I would roll out those backs, Jake, that you have ranked higher. Allen, Jackson, those guys are just give that solid floor. Trubisky. Yeah, well, what, what about Tom Brady against Buffalo? Man, I mean, I can't Brady believe this is like we're talking about this year. Man, it, it took Joe forever, but he's finally starting to come you know, around to our side with New England and what's going on there with yeah. the Patriots. It, it, you know, it doesn't look good. And, you know, hear about Josh Gordon here today. And, you know, you're going to be able to with Josh Gordon, one of his weapons. And Buffalo does a really good job, not just this season. Earlier in the year, they did awesome at home against Brady. They kept him in check. And, you know, he had no touchdowns in that football game. And over the course of the last three or four years, they've done really good against Brady, too. I think it's going to be a – I think they're going to lean on the run. I think that they're going to start to lean on the run, you know, this week and moving forward. So, Rivers, <laughs> Rivers over Brady too. It's close, but so ridiculous that we have to deal with this. Like I'm looking right now, as you said, I have Baker Mayfield in the top ten, Josh Allen in the top ten, Lamar Jackson, in the top, and they're all in front of Aaron Rodgers. Oh, like man, it's wild. I see, like Aaron Rodgers by the day is probably going to creep back up for the fact. Like yeah. I mean, part of it was wondering how much he cared. You know, I said that to you. We talked about it on the Patreon podcast. Is like I don't think he cares anymore, and I was surprised to see him say what he said. Is how can I be a leader if I'm not out there and able to play? So I think the only thing that makes me concerned is that he said, and able to play. Like, yeah. what, you know, like, what if this game is really going sideways? He gets tackled hard, and he's just like, you know what? I'm not able to play anymore. <laughs> yeah, maybe he has been. I don't know. I, I guess I haven't really given him the pass. I've been pretty hard on him, actually. I, you know, over the... I think it's been since week five since he's thrown over two touchdowns and he's been held under 200 yards in three of the last six games. So I've actually been really hard on him. And I've been saying to, to people out there, if you have Rodgers, there's no way you're playing in a championship this week, but it's possible. It certainly is. I don't know everybody's leagues out there, two quarterback leagues. He's Jake. He may not be healthy. That might be a thing all year. He may have just been dealing with this injury that he suffered in week one all season long. And maybe we can give him a little bit of a pass there, but he's not coming near my lineup, man. No way. There's no chance. I'm playing these guys like right, Allen so, so, and Jackson, the safe floors. Would you start Trubisky over Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, for sure. I would. How he far, just doesn't knock on the ground. Jared Goff at Arizona? Jared Goff's been miserable. He has really. I, I may draw the line there. I would start Cousins over him. I know That's the one I really want to move up. I, I'm 
so okay for everybody out there you know when i do my rankings i always you know this chris i I always say i like to go to my projections because it takes out my biases like where right now like i'm saying and i'll give you a perfect example is i was talking to andy holloway of the fantasy footballers and i said i feel like every time i move my rankings according to my gut it's wrong and if i don't listen to my gut it's still wrong. Like it's, I should have moved them if I didn't listen and I shouldn't have moved them if I did listen. And a perfect example was like last week is I felt Chubb and Landry and the Cleveland offense was going to have a really nice game. And I ranked them aggressively high and I adjust my projections for flow of the offenses because there's all numbers that move things around. And I got a little bit more aggressive with their offense. Um, so I did that and we saw the Cleveland offense didn't do much. That was the wrong call. And then on the flip side, it was like, you know what? I really feel like Damian Williams is going to ball out despite the fact of, hey, you know, it's, he's only had 13 carries, blah, 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 whatever. And I didn't move him high. And like, so it's like, I hate messing with it. But at the same time, it's like, I kind of feel like I would just be fine if I'll just leave the projections as the projections are because then it would even out those. But it's, I mean, we make the same mistakes. Yeah, Damian Williams burned me too. I, I was just kind of the same as you. It was like, ah, oh, this Kansas City offense, Reed, uh, it's just so nice. I want to put him up higher just because of the potential. And I just left him right around 20, and he turns out just to have an awesome game. But one thing I noticed from Minnesota, the offense was better, but they did they did run the ball a lot last week. But was that just on the matchup? Was that just because Miami can't stop the run? And you know Detroit's been I a little that was bit a better. I think, look, they're going to continue to use Dalvin Cook. There's no question. Yeah, he's been awesome. Here's the one thing is so – why so to come back to this so let's see if you kind of understand and agree where i'm going with this is why i want to move up kirk cousins is actually dependent on something with the lions now if damon harrison is out there i'm going to move up kirk cousins because i feel like they're going to pass more because damon harrison as you know we've talked about this many times since the lions traded for him have been really good against the run, and their pass defense has fallen off. Now, they've also had some injuries the past defense, but it still all matters. If you look at the Giants, since they traded away Damon Harrison, all of a sudden their pass defense is playing well, and their <laughs> run defense is the worst in the league up there with the Bengals. So if Damon Harrison, who missed practice yesterday, is out, Cook will move up and Cousins will stay where he is. Yeah, if, that's fair. If Damon Harrison plays, I'm going to move up Kirk Cousins in the passing offense. Yeah, that's fair. You're spot on there. We've been talking about that for weeks ever since Snacks Harrison has been dealt. It's been, yeah, absolutely. You just said it. I mean, the Giants can't stop the run at all. And and that would be a good spot for Dalvin Cook. And, you know, he's been pretty good lately. He's been, you know, it turned out four straight decent fantasy performances. Last week, obviously the best one. But catching balls out of the backfield, they're going to him. They get the change offensive coordinator. I think they want to establish the run, get back to what Zimmer wants to do. But, yeah, I think even Harrison aside, I think maybe I would go Cousins ahead of Jared Goff. I don't know what's going on with Goff and the Rams. I know we talked about that on the Patreon. I, I really don't know, man. Like, I don't think it's Sean McVay. I think he's still calling the same plays. He's, he's dialing up what he wants to dial up. But I don't know. The offensive line has not protected Goff, and he's panicked. He's kind of just rushed his throws. And, and the bottom line, I guess, is they just don't have a run game right now. And no, that's their offense. Like, if Gurley doesn't go, then... Well, let's talk about that real quick. If Gurley doesn't go, are you risking Kelly? Because they did sign, yeah. So they signed CJ Anderson. It's not like we expect a lot of CJ Anderson, but I mean, Kelly RB2? Oh, here's one. All right, I'll give you a good one. Would you roll out John Kelly or would you roll out any of the Patriots running backs? I would, I would roll out, you know what? I may, Kelly. (laughs) Kelly. 
No, you know what? I may roll out both Patriots backs. I may roll out Michelle and like if Gurley is not playing, is that what you're saying? Like Gurley is inactive. We already know. Okay. If Gurley is inactive, then sure, I will, because it is the it is Arizona. They have struggled against the run. They're not a great football team. And you just again, going back to Damian Williams and the offense and the upside of the offense, if the Rams do score thirty points, I'd imagine Kelly is having a decent day. Whether whether it's maybe a a red zone rushing attempt that he falls in the end zone. I don't think he's all that good, to be honest with you. Like he could get 20 carries in this football game this weekend and then get 45 yards. If that's what you want, right. sure. But he, I mean, he could fall into the end zone for you and that would be fine. So if there's no Gurley, yeah, I'll go that way. But if Gurley is active, I'm, I'm going to roll out the Patriots. Game. I think this could be a James White game. I, I, the way to attack the Bills, like through the middle of the field, those linebackers, like I, I think that White could, could turn out a decent game. See, that's where I was looking Very to. inconsistent. It was the James White, and I actually had somebody inside the comments of the rankings article say, oh, why do we keep ranking James White so high? Uh, you know what? Because the game script points to him, and, you know, the one of these weeks, <laughs> you know, it's going to be right. I'm not saying that's what we're banking on. It's just right. that's but how – yeah, that's how it goes. Is and if I'm going to roll out one, it's going to be James White over Sam. I mean, they're close, but I'd rather go White even in a non PPR over Sony Michelle for trustworthiness at this point. I'd still start Sony Michelle, but I surprisingly would trust White more. Yeah, I, I could see that too. And you know, well, because Michelle, we just he's getting his goal line carries taken away from him. He's not finding the end My zone. Freaking James Devlin. Yeah, again, this is what. As soon as we say we can finally start to trust the New England backfield, Evelyn comes out. Oh, wait, don't say wait. Don't say wait. I, I don't know. We talked about it. We no, said, like, like, if you remember, hold on. I'll, I'll even pull up the article where I said it. I said, so he was in my sell high section for like four straight weeks. And people were saying, why are you saying sell high? And I said, just because if everybody comes back healthy, I was like, you don't have to. And to be clear, you're right. I did say at the time when we're down to two running backs, now you can trust them. Now I'm on board. I am on board every time we get down to two running backs with the Patriots. But I was also, if you could get top 15 running back value, and I, I, you can go look at the articles, it's there. I said, sell him because when Burkhead comes back, when other people, if this gets back to the mess that it's been in the past, you're not going to want to deal with it. And that's what we're going down here. And I, to be fair, I wasn't even including James Devlin in this conversation. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> no, you're right. I do remember reading that. And, you know, a buddy of mine was trying to sell me Michelle, and I was worried as well. I said, nah, Rex like, Burkhead's nope, coming nope, back in a couple it. weeks. He's going to be activated. And he's like, nah, he's hardly going to touch the field. Burkhead, Michelle's been good. And then Burkhead has like seven carries in his first game. It's like, no, no, no. Uh, not doing it. And it's just disappointing because i think michelle is he's got so much potential and but it, it you're you're right it's, it's just been pretty inconsistent white would be the guy for me and i think with gordon you know not playing in this football game maybe hogan will show up and anything all year i He'll actually just picked up hogan in my home league. yeah i picked him up too immediately <laughs> you know he that play last week he was more wide open than i think any player in the history of nfl but you know, with no Hogan or with no Gordon, he could be he could be a factor. But I think the bottom line is maybe White gets a few more targets in the passing game. He was leading the that, team. Red zone targets. See that that is true. Uh, oh, real quick, did you lose any? Did you have any really strong teams? Did you get bit by the Week 15? If you had the better team, you probably lost. 
Yeah, I got crushed. I'm in a league where I got Barkley. He cru- he crushed me. Um, Tyree Kill was on that squad. He didn't have a, a great performance dealing with a foot injury. I got I got beat a couple weeks ago. I thought it was was bad bad beat as well. Um, I forget off the top. I play in like a dozen fantasy football leagues, so uh, I don't know. But last week was rough, man. Last week was I got in a two quarterback league. I know these aren't the best quarterbacks, but Wentz went down, so I had to play. Mariota with Dak these guys combined for like seven fantasy points and that was like a couple more than Barkley so I I definitely got screwed last week (laughs) all right we got Cam Newton out I don't even know how to transition that usually I have great transitions I don't even know how to transition this one Cam Newton's out uh mostly because I'm also frustrated in my home league now I have to roll out Lamar Jackson although you know I do have him as a QB1 but I still don't feel great about it I don't I was like I wasn't looking forward to starting Lamar Jackson in my championship game but no Cam Newton. You know what that means, though, on the flip side, Chris, is ODU alum, fellow alum, Tyler Haneke gets his first career start at the NFL. Woo! Go go Monarchs. Uh, are you looking forward to that, are you? I actually legitimately look. look I'll say I this. I am too as well, actually. When he came out of college, and hey, if you saw this, is, I might be the only person that scouted him firsthand because nobody cared about Old Dominion football. Hell, people might not know this. Old Dominion football didn't exist for decades because it was there. They got rid of it, and they only had recently brought it back when Heineke was there. So there was a long stretch of no such thing as ODU football. So not surprisingly, nobody was really scouting ODU players. By the way, Zach Pascal also from ODU. Oh, um, nice to know. Yeah. So he gets his first start. And when I said when he came out, it's like, look, if the kid was three inches taller, he'd probably be on radars. If, you know, he played at a bigger school and not even like a big, like even like a, a Cincinnati or something that like something where you people at least recognize sometimes talent comes out of there. Again, he probably would have been on more, more radars. Nothing more than like a sixth or seventh rounder, but he's got some athleticism. He's, he's great at scrambling. But again, he's limited because he's got like, you know, the dream reach height. He's got the ability. But I got to tell you, now with the way that the NFL is, the height doesn't matter as much anymore if you can move like he can. All that being said, I'm not trying to promote him as saying like, you know, go roll out your Panthers. I think for fantasy purposes, we have to bench everybody except for Christian McCaffrey, right? Yeah, I, I think you're right. You just don't know what to expect. And again, there's just so much risk rolling out these guys in, in a championship week. You just, you know, I get I get nuts with some of my lineups in DFS. You want to roll them out in DFS as the bare minimum price? By all means, go ahead. I mean, it's a matchup against Atlanta who, or who who knows, right, what, what he could do against the Falcons. Right. But yeah, I mean, you're not playing him in a championship. I wouldn't even play him in a two-quarterback week, but I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, he does have enough playmakers around him like Chris McCaffrey, like DJ Moore, like Samuel. There's some guys around him where he could turn out to have an okay fantasy day, but – yeah, I mean, you're you're not you're not ranking him as a top twenty quarterback. I see where you have him right now. He's near the bottom, but I mean, right. he is ahead of Tannehill and Stafford, which is kind of crazy to think about. It is, but you know what? That's the thing is, I was going to go with the fact that matchups, and I'll take. Hopefully, he scrambles for like forty yards. Tell me, I take honestly, him over Kessler. I take him over Kessler, and I would take him over Josh Johnson. Uh, I went with Kessler just because he's facing Miami. Yeah, I know that, but isn't I'll put it this way. I'll here. I'll make you a deal. If Xavier Howard plays for the Dolphins, I'll move Hanneke in front of him. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this like that. yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense with the top quarters in the I league. I mean, for people that don't know, and I haven't looked at the schedule that deep, Tannehill's got the Jaguars, Stafford's yeah, got some Vikings, and Stafford's been miserable this year. He's been awful, actually. Yeah, let's talk about that real quick. 
are you starting Kenny Galladay this week? Because here's the situation we had. You know this. I mentioned it a lot of times. He had the worst playoff stretch for any receiver because he had Patrick Peterson. We had Tredavious White in the Bills last week, and now he gets Xavier Rhodes in the Vikings. But we have the first week, did nothing. Last week, he actually went off against the Bills. So we have one good, one bad, and another bad matchup. Do you start him? Or do you just risk that he does the same thing he did last week? This It'd probably be another bad one if it's going that way. And, you know, I got to imagine a lot of people are pretty ticked off if they – I, I want to match it because – you know, my opponent bench Galladay and uh, that ended up burning him. I think you just play him because of the upside and what he can do. He proved in a, in a tough matchup. He can get it done. He's also shown that he can't. So you just don't want to get burned. I, I think that's the bottom line. You just don't want to get burned with this guy who has upside to be a wide receiver too, who's sitting on your bench. Like who are you realistically going to play over him? Maybe Robbie Anderson. Okay, fine. You want to roll out Robbie Anderson over him? I'm all right with that. But then you get down to, um, Calvin Ridley, Dante Pettis, Josh Reynolds. Here's like, one. Mike Williams and one. Keenan Allen. Absolutely. Mike Williams, for okay. sure. Even against for the what Ravens. he just did. Yeah, even against the Ravens. For what see, he that's, just... that's my point. Is, that, is this where you're I'll, – I'll ask the question with my argument in it, is that Mike Williams has been – I hate to chase touchdowns, but he's been such a good red zone threat for this team despite getting about half the snaps of Tyrell Williams that if you give him the full complement of snaps – I don't care. It's the Ravens. Yeah, exactly. He he deserves more snaps. I mean, okay. we all know about his his skill set coming out of Clemson. Like, throw him the ball and watch him make a play. And that's exactly what happened on his first touchdown last week against Kansas City. And that corner throw from Phillip Rivers is beautiful. And he's just a phenomenal player. I think he deserves more snaps. It's it's amazing how his ownership is only now hovering around the sixty percent mark in certain formats, like certain leagues. After last week's performance, he's been. He's been okay. You're right. The snaps haven't been there, and Tyrell's getting more play than him, but he's still like – I mean, touchdowns are touchdowns. We're not going to predict that he's going to get double digits next year, but he's still a player. He's still pretty good. I'll, I'll and Rivers is one. fine. I'll give you another yeah. one. Yeah, give me another In one. In a PPR, okay. and so this is obviously scoring dependent, and you'll see why. Would you go Kenny Galladay, or would you go Bay Sean Hamilton? And, yes, I said Bay Sean because he is not that. <laughs> <laughs> I like Bayshon Hamilton. Uh, Pat and I grabbed him the other couple weeks ago in the League of Leagues, which were in the finals, by the way. Um, oh, congrats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pat, Pat was that. bragging about that. Though. So, Pat Mayo, for everybody that watches yeah. the show, and Chris is on there as well. Well, not anymore because season's over. But it's season's over, yeah. You guys knocked off, correct me if I'm wrong, you knocked off Jonah Carey despite Carey having – didn't he have Gurley and Barkley? He, yeah, so he got the the end <laughs> of the deal as well, you know, with Barkley. You know, he was one of the guys who benched Kenny Galladay. Uh, that was what I was talking about, <laughs> the, our opponent. So benched Kenny Galladay, and we were going into Monday night. He had Ian Thomas, and it was a standard format. He just needed 2.4 points from, from a oh. He got 14, I think, or 17. So, yeah, we, we squeaked by. We've been getting it done, you know, with some injuries. Leonard Fournette's been in and out of the lineup. Chris Carson was huge for us. Uh, we got nothing from Dak. But we, we're moving on uh, to the finals, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. And we have a comparison you know, real quick. Hamilton in there. Nobody cares about our teams. Nobody um, cares. But I went into the, the Saints game as well. I needed 24 points, and I had Breeze and DJ Moore. And you did not I get did it. I get it. You did not get it. Yeah. I was a little worried up one league by 40 points and the the owner had Kamara and Breeze and I just squeaked by yeah because Breeze didn't he didn't do anything in that game yeah we have Bayshon Hamilton um we have him in there with Hopkins and Adams I think he's a solid wide receiver three but to answer your question I guess I would probably go man what a good matchup for him too I know 
and he's been a target machine. Um, plus, plus, it gives you that little hey. I have one silver of hope heading into Monday Night Football. Not, I will look. I'm not yeah. suggesting people do that. Don't ever do that. You start your best players. Period. I'm just sure. saying. Sometimes if it's a coin flip, that's kind of like you put that in there. Like you know what? Hey, it'd be fun to say like oh, I have a chance on Monday Night Football. You know what? I think yeah. I, I actually love having a guy on Monday Night Football. I I would roll out Hamilton because you said it was a PPR league. Yes, that's why I, I specify PPR. Yeah. Absolutely. 21 targets last two games, 14 catches. Absolutely. I don't know if Galladay will get seven catches. In fact, I don't think he will. He could, you know, end up with four for a hundred or he could, he could bust out a big play. We've seen that before. Like guys have had good games against Xavier Rhodes. Like he's, he's unbelievable, but it's not, you know, it's not all roads close like it used to be. I don't think, but I would go or, Hamilton. Or as a, a friend of ours, Dane, would say, Xavier Bumpy Rhodes. <laughs> Xavier Bumpy. I like that one. It's not bad. Um, so speaking of those receivers, am I crazy? Or I, I kind of feel like everybody else is. It's like, you know what I've been saying about Cortland Sutton and being asked to be the number one as a rookie and we're seeing it, he can't handle it. If you look at my rankings, even the standard, Deshaun Hamilton, 34, 11 above consensus. Tim Patrick, 38. 15 above consensus, Cortland Sutter, 40, 12 behind. Like, I I thought that's how everybody would have them. That's how I got them. That's exactly yeah, how that's, I have them, too. That's how they're being used. Exactly. You know, ever since uh, Emmanuel Sanders has been gone, that's exactly how it's – yeah, all th- we've had, what, three games? I, actually, probably two. But Sutton has been – he's just been <sighs> – He's probably the best of the three. Of course. But you're right about the top coverage. And, and I, I don't know. He's not showing that he can handle it. And those throws for Keenum in the slot and, and the way that they use, they've used Deshaun, especially in the, in the first week, I watched a lot of that game against San Fran. It, it was just easy completions. You know, it was, it was slant routes. It was some bubble screens for him. And I think that's why we're, we're leaning him in PPR format. So I'm with you. I don't think you're crazy at all. And I know it's a really good matchup. I think all three of these guys are, are in play. And, you know, I, I was going to say I like Case Keenum, but I actually don't. But I think all three of these wide outs are in play against Oakland. Why not? Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing is, you know, I still rank. Like so, Cortland Sutton wouldn't have probably even been in my top forty if not for the fact he's facing the Raiders. So yeah, exactly. So this, if he was yeah. a top, if he was a top corner, like if he was on road, <laughs> like, he'd be like in the sixties. I like honestly, yeah. Who's their top corner? Like, really? <laughs> I, I, mean, don't know. I mean, I don't even think you ask most people who are fantasy avid fantasy football players and avid NFL watchers. I don't think they could name the top three corners, the outside guys in the slot. No, I, I, I mean, the. I don't the even, the Raiders have, to, have been. Oh my good. God! This is. I was gonna say. I even know Worley and Gilchrist. Gilchrist is their slot. I did. I had to double check and look up who the other one was. It's Gary and Conley, and it's not even spelled Gary and properly. Yeah, it's like J A R E O N or something. G A R E O N or something like that. Yeah, G A R E O N. Yeah. 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 Gary What were you gonna say before we kept trying to start over top of each other? I was going to say that they've actually been okay against wide receivers this year, surprisingly, but um, they just to give up so much yards on the ground. That's all. It was not. I think that's mostly – yeah, that's – it's like people don't have to pass that much more exactly. so than the fact of how they're playing. Uh, real quick, we're at sidebar time, and we're going to come back. For your opinion of the tight end position, so it started up something today. Oh, so uh, if you didn't see – I don't know if you saw this yet. Have you seen what happened on ESPN today? 
I I only saw that the fantasy site was down. I don't know if anything. Okay, well, do you know why the fantasy site was down? No, actually, I don't. <laughs> so somebody who tweeted it to me, actually, this was probably the best one, is that December 20th, 2018 will forever be known as Jake Seely Day. Uh, <laughs> people woke up this morning and ESPN Fantasy had zeros for all of their kickers everywhere. <laughs> it it rescored matchups. It screwed up. So that's why the site's down. Uh, and all kickers everywhere for just had zeros across the board. Wow. And of course, I started getting tweets. And they're like, oh my God, Jake hacked ESPN. Man, kickers is happening. Like, <laughs> I, I, you can even hear it in my voice right now. I was smiling from ear to ear. Like, this is the most glorious day in the history of forever. I'm so happy right now. Um, I, you know, obviously it was a glitch. And, you know, it's just really fun. It's just funny to joke about. Anyway. It's amazing, actually. It actually is terrific. Like, if I could hack all of them, I would have just only <laughs> And I would have done all of them. An hour later, Yahoo kickers are down. Yeah. kickers are down. Yeah. That's, that's so that's the best part. League I play and I don't play with kickers. So I, I, I did not see that this morning. Oh, yeah. It's, so, it's, it's amazing. So the follow-up is actually Jeff Ratcliffe of Pro Football Focus is tweeted at me. He's like, while we're at it, ban kickers. And he was joking or ban tight ends. And he was joking. And I said, you know, the funny thing is, is actually in my home league for now the second straight year, we've turned the tight end position into a wide receiver slash tight end flex. You can't start a running back. It's only wide receiver tight end. And we get the pushback from some people I've seen on Twitter. When I mentioned that, you know, people are like, oh, then you're just always going to start a wide receiver. I said, no, you're still starting the top six or seven tight ends with regularity. Like there's still somebody in our league who has a tight end at that spot and a tight end in their flex. They're playing Cameron Brait and I want to say either Ertz or Kelsey. I forget off the top of my head. So you still have that. And the whole thing is what I'm saying is this just opens up the discussions of you're still talking about Herndon, but now you're talking about Herndon or John Brown. Like you're just giving that flexibility where you can play matchups a little bit better and you're not forced to start you know, a Matt Lacoste with how miserable the position has been. And for everybody saying it's like, oh, well, you're just making it easier. No, I actually think this just adds more strategy. and You're not forced to start what has been again. Last year was miserable too, but as it was probably the worst ever season of tight ends. Yeah, for sure. I play in a league like that as well. And in fact, someone in my league has has Ertz and Kelsey and nobody else has any tight ends to play. Uh, for the most part, they usually play a wide receiver in that spot. And I'm going to incorporate the same thing in another league of mine. I like it. I think there there still is some strategy. Like Evan Ingram had a decent game last week. I, th- I still think you could play him. I think he could be, if you're in terms of wide receivers, I'd say him and Cook are borderline wide receiver threes. And I, I think Kittle and, and Ebron could be borderline wide receiver twos, like if you're comparing them. So um, I, I like that. I don't mind that at all. I think after you're right. After the first, I'd even go as far as maybe eight, nine, and ten. What do you got, Gronk and Ninjoku in your top ten this week? I think those guys, uh, you could put them in a wide receiver slash tight end spot. We're yeah, talking about so just yeah, opens up the conversation. About, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just like the borderline flexi- wide receiver right. force. Yeah. So speaking of flexibility in a situation like that, <laughs> what are you doing with the Kansas City running backs? Like, I don't, see, that's another one where I was surprised. So for everybody that hasn't seen my rankings, I put them back to back as of right now with Spencer Ware in front of Damian Williams, and the consensus rank is fifty six, which that makes me assume that the majority of people who've ranked so far is assuming Ware is not playing or severely limited. I'm obviously ranking on the fact that Ware's just out there. And with Ware out there, I think it might just be a 50-50. I think Ware would still be the league because that is non-PPR, and I would move Williams ahead of him as I did in PPR. But 
I don't think anybody out there, team, people even covering the team for their jobs, can tell us how the Chiefs are going to use the two of them if they're both out there. Nobody knows. Absolutely no one knows. And for anyone to tell you that they know, even a Chiefs person, I mean, they don't know. I bet you even Andy Reid doesn't know. Andy <laughs> Reid's gonna, just going to wing it um, on Sunday. I have Damian ranked slightly. I have ranked where? Uh, I have him at 26, and I got Damian just at 24. Uh, I see actually that you have Damian at 24 too. The reason for me, and I do think honestly that if Ware is 100% healthy, he may end up with more touches. So if you're looking at in terms of just touches, who's going to touch the ball more, uh, yeah, you can go with Ware ahead of Williams if you want. But I think the goal line guy is Williams. And that just I, I lean that way slightly in standard formats because we've seen it two weeks ago. When Ware was healthy and he was playing, Damian Williams got the goal line carry for the touchdown. He had a goal line target for a touchdown. Uh, at last week, you saw what he was able to do. And even even Daryl had, had a receiving target, I think, in the red zone. He ended up you know, finding the end zone. But I, I think that even with a healthy Ware, he's just not a goal line back, man. Two years ago when he played and he was, he was fully healthy, this was before they drafted Kareem Hunt, he had three rushing touchdowns. Alex Smith had five. Like He just couldn't, he couldn't get in. And when he had that first opportunity – Three weeks ago, he got stuffed at the goal line against Oakland. Now, they gave him another try, and he got in, but he hardly got in. And I think they know that in Kansas City. So, for me, I give the edge to Damian because I honestly do feel like he is their goal line back. But, you know, it is, it's a complete guessing game. But I think both of these guys, I don't know what you do. Like, I'm a wear owner, and I don't know if I could play him if, he, if, if he's going to play. I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, I have Michelle as my other option, and I think I would just play Michelle. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think so as well. I it's mean, that's tough. the thing. It's so risky. It's so great. Hey, Patriots running backs are safer than kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a bunch of risk. Oh, and, and so for everybody that doesn't know, I think, and I think you'd agree, that it sounds like we're not getting James Conner this week, and Jalen Samuels is just a must-start, even against must. the Saints defense that's been must, destroying yeah. running backs. Yeah, destroying them, but passing game. Uh, the potential shootout of this game, maybe a goal line opportunity. We've seen him a couple red zone touchdowns from him, you know, targets out of the backfield, even when Connor was around. So, yeah, I think you just play him. You just, you just hope that he can, he can catch a few balls for you and turn up some yards that way. But you're right, it is a tough matchup. But you know, it's funny. It's, I, I, I laugh at perception all the time. And I'm not laughing at the person that said this because it is just, it's perception. And, you know, these things is, this is why we have recency bias, especially with what I'm about to tell you, is somebody actually said, I think I should feel more confident about Jalen Samuels than James Conner because of his pass catching ability versus Conner's. I was like, do you what? not remember what <laughs> Conner had before he got hurt? Like, did you forget already? He's got 50 plus catches, I'm pretty sure, in the season. Yes, he has 52 in 11 and a half games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. <laughs> a full season, and this guy's catching 70 balls. Yeah. I was like, I think you're uh, forgetting really quick what just happened. Isn't it amazing how quickly people can forget, um, you know, a couple bad games here and there or in and out of the lineup for, for a couple weeks, and they just forget completely yeah, of, this of is, what they've been able to for do? For everybody else out there that hasn't yet, this is why when you play DFS, if you want to do tournament plays, this is why you play the guys that just disappointed, especially the ones that have disappointed for two weeks. Like right now, if you want a really fun stack, Drew Brees in the Saints, uh, Kirk Cousins in the Vikings, Jared Goff in the Rant. Like it could 100% blow up in your face. And I'm not saying that's the only tournament stack to make, but those are the ones where you can really hit because the ownership is going to be so poor because everybody's ticked off about what's been happening. 
Absolutely. We talk about that on the footballers podcast all the time. Recency bias. It's like, well, for example, maybe Leonard Fournette. Fournette may be a bad example because I don't know what's going on in Jacksonville. It seems like maybe they do want to no, I think I, I know where you're going with it. I actually think he's a decent tournament play. Yeah, I think he's too. But, you know, you look at 11 carries, 14 carries past couple games, but hardly touched the football field in the second half. I wonder if Jacksonville is just, you know, okay, we're really, you know, truly going to try to tank here. But I think he's a good tournament play. That's an example. I don't think anybody will be on Leonard Fournette. The matchup is fantastic. Right. Hey, even if he only gets 15 carries, he could he get – He might score twice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. All right, move the ball. Last uh, frustrating situation that people have to deal with. So Odell Beckham didn't practice again today, today being Thursday. That, to me, sounds like he's not playing this week. For another one, you know, tank without tanking. Although, good job, Giants, waiting till now, as you know, have been annoyed with this entire situation. What did I tell you? At 1-7, and seven, they were going to go 6-10 and 10 and ruin their entire draft. Day. <laughs> it might be 5-11 and 11 now, but they still ruined it. They're, at, they're like 7th or 8th now where they had the number one pick, even if they fell to number three. At least they would have been in the conversation to maybe Herbert or Haskins or, or you know, just something. Anyway, I don't want to go down that road. Um, <laughs> point being, no Odell Beckham. Uh, for what I pointed out to people this week is, you know, I thought – so last week I did have Shepard inside my top 30. I was thinking that that one week was a matchup before that where they pushed him outside and they were smart enough to not do it again. I was wrong. Apparently, Shermer was not – thinking that, and just watch Sherpreter outside and replacing Odell Beckham. You know what that means? Sterling Shepard's borderline worthless, and I'm going to compare it to somebody else, and you'll know this because I use this example a lot, Chris, and I've said it to you before, is when Randall Cobb was asked to be the number one for the Packers. He didn't fail completely, but he failed in what Randall Cobb could be because he's not talented in the outside wide receiver position. That's fine. Randall Cobb is amazing at what he does. He's not equipped for that. Same thing with Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard needs to be in the slot. He's not equipped to be outside. So with that being said, I'm not even wanting to start Sterling Shepard this week, despite people are going to see Odell Beckham say, oh, plenty of targets to go around. I don't want to mess around with Betty Fowler or Russell Shepard either. So I think the only person you're starting is Saquon Barkley. And I would absolutely 100% must start Evan Ingram. Yeah, I think Ingram is a solid play again this week. Uh, as a Shepard owner... Last week was was really disappointing. And you're right. You're right on the ball because nine targets, two catches. Week before, six targets, two catches. So, yeah, he's getting some targets, but he's he hasn't been effective. Him and Eli haven't been on the same page, not able to make those throws, not able to, to do anything with them. So, yeah, I agree with you. And I, I lucked out, man. I got by with, with a mediocre, very mediocre performance from Sterling Shepard. And I'm going to start Tim Patrick as one of the guys we've already talked about this week. Uh, I'm going to play him, and it's a standard format, and I just don't care. <laughs> I'm just going to roll him out there because I would agree. Sterling Shepard is, he's pretty much useless at this point. It's too bad because I do think that you can pass on the Colts despite Dallas not doing anything. I think that was just more on Dak and I know it's Eli, but I, I don't think this matchup is completely awful. Even though the Colts have been good against wideouts this year, I, I still think you can get it done against them. But yeah, Shepard is, you, these guys, you can't roll them out in a championship week hoping that they'll be able to do something when it's been three straight, four, what is it, four or five straight weeks now for Sterling Shepard? Even when Beckham was on the field, he's been pretty yeah. disappointing. It's been a disappointing year in general, but part of that is also Eli Manning. But yeah, yeah. bring him back in 2000. Yeah, bring him back. So Come on, Giants, do that. Ruin my Beckham shares in my dynasty format. Thanks. Okay, continue to ruin the peak years of Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham, which is, <sighs> you know what the Giants are doing? 
They're doing the Mets. They're doing the what? You know what? I need to switch teams for that reason. I do because it's it's maybe it's me. It's all my favorite teams. Stop playing this straddle the fence crap because when you straddle the fence, as you know what I say, Chris, you get poked in the ass. Yeah, come join the Angels, man. We're signing gas cans left, right, and center. I just saw they signed Trevor Cahill. They just signed uh, your boy um, Harvey there the other day. Oh yeah, Matt Harvey. Ooh, um, enjoy that. Good. Enjoy that's that gonna keep, that's gonna keep my. Trial. Oh yeah, you take him from yeah, take him from New York and put him in LA. That's gonna work <laughs> out perfectly. Yeah, I try to be running around left, right, and center every time he's pitching. I was gonna let you. You know, people haven't heard you in a while. At Chris Meany where they can check you out. There's only a little bit, but you have basketball hockey going on. So I want to make yes, sure everybody knows. Yes. At Chris Meany, the athletic basketball hockey every single week. Uh, just, just came out with a basketball article, buy low, sell high, some big names on there. And um, I'm going to keep continuing with the fan tracks. No football season's over. We're going to do some baseball stuff over there as well for, for those who are into the baseball. Giddy up. Oh, by the way, happy birthday, David Wright, today. Oh, very yeah. nice. Friend of the show. Yes, friend of the show. I'm going to get to see him in a few weeks. Uh, you know what? Sidebar real quick before we get out of here. Um, and because... Wait. This too... Oh, no, we're still going to have the Monday Patreon. I was going to say, are we going to have time for Joe to try and cram in the whole whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie? I, uh, I'll, I'll save that for Monday when he brings it up. So, uh, the girlfriend has never seen it. And really? She's a, a big Christmas person, and we're going to watch it, and I'm just going to ask her right after Ooh, are you gonna watch it before monday yeah 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 okay we we're gonna watch it this weekend i'll get her opinion yeah and and she doesn't know she actually doesn't think that there's a conversation or a debate that it's a christmas movie like she has no idea so after i'm gonna ask this is, her. Like, this is amazing i'm gonna say out of all and she loves christmas and she loves christmas movies we've already watched like a dozen of them all the hallmark ones with the same oh, white my. couple on the cover of every single one of them uh, she's watched those and it drives me nuts man i just put on the headphones and i just <laughs> i just turn away and do the work and i see her like giggling i'm like oh. are you laughing at that movie and she's just like yeah it's just like corny funny have you seen <laughs> there's somebody who did it there's there's if you search online for everybody out there go online and just go to google and search in i i think it's something like home hallmark channel christmas movies cover or white couple cover or something it's basically the same dude bro with dark hair and the same looking blonde chick on the other side and there's like somebody's only not even did that chris somebody took like all the blonde girls and did like a whole portrait of them it's just it's ridiculous it's like the same thing over and and they're always wearing red and green oh always something yeah and it's yeah the acting is so bad they're all the movies i trust me i've watched way too many of them guys and girls it's (laughs) the acting is it's the same story and it's you know it's heartwarming at the end they meet the they get with the family and all that stuff but yeah so i'll ask her immediately after so where does this rank for your christmas movies and she's gonna say That's it. And I'll say, no, seriously, where is it, where is it going to rank for your Christmas movies? And she's like, it's, it's, it's not a Christmas movie. Like, uh, I, I'm hoping to find that out. For a little tease for the people that aren't on the yes. Patreon. Here's my coming back. And I'll tell you, Chris, people don't know what this movie is. I happen to watch it mostly because the actress in it is like, you know, I always thought she was cute. And I just, I don't remember if it was on the main, I don't like, no, because this is years ago. I don't remember why I watched it. It's called P2. That's because it's talking about parking lot level two. It's 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 like a horror movie. It was terrible. It's not a good movie. Never heard of but, it. But I ch- exactly. But I checked it out. It's so she's. It happens on Christmas Eve. 
And that was my, that's always my cast. Like, so is that a Christmas movie? This horror movie of in the parking lot getting attacked, but because it's on Christmas Eve, it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> we watched an awful one the other day. It was Family Man, Nicolas Cage. Like that starts off with something on Christmas Eve and that's it. That's it. That's maybe there's a little something in throughout the movie. Have you seen it? No, it's, bad. it's a bad. It's so it's it's a well, much. Older. I mean, if you put on Nicolas Cage's good yeah. like nine out of ten times, you're gonna get a terrible movie. Yeah, you are. Um, but anyways, he's in it, and the start of it is happens on Christmas Eve, and you know he gets a glimpse of his life. He's he's he dates this old. This at the start of the movie, he's dating this girl, and he goes for this new job. And anyways, he he's not with this girl anymore. And then he gets a glimpse of his life, and he goes back and see what his life would be like if he had married this girl and didn't go away for this job. And you know, the first part of the movie is Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And then that's it. And a lot of people think that this is a Christmas movie, but it's not. It's like, it's just like a couple scenes at the start and, and that's it. So I don't know. Does, does that mean it's a Christmas movie? I don't, I, yeah, I don't is, think so. This is going to be fun. Like, yeah. you know my feelings. I, I feel like jo- Joe's just going to go off and. Oh, man. Hey, hey, but for everybody else, you want to underrate a Christmas movie. Funny. I'm going to mm-hmm. give this a Surviving Christmas. It's with That's ben a good Affleck. one. Is yeah. he? So you know what I'm talking it's about. It's not bad. Yeah, we, we watched acci- it. We accidentally watched it because my mom meant to get Christmas with the cranks. Oh yeah, <laughs> and yeah, she nice. got Surviving Christmas instead. So we just ended up watching. I was like, you know what? This movie is actually pretty dang good. Yeah, it's not bad. We, it was on TV the other day, and we made the joke about Affleck, and we're just like, eh, you know, I was, I was like, I think this is is actually okay. Let's give it a try. And it and might be hung- one of Ben Affleck's best movies. <laughs> it might be yeah i'm a big fan of goodwill hunting but that's that's not because of him but yeah it, it might be it's it's so quality for everybody out there all right uh i think this is anything else no we covered everything yeah good luck to all those people making those tough calls oh yes it's good luck to everybody if you survive this far if you happen to if you have derrick henry hopefully he makes it one more week of enjoyment for you Imagine that, man. Awesome. <laughs> Could you imagine? That? Oh, I got one, one more sidebar thing. Uh, people are going to so tune out at this point. Um, since we're at that time of year because it's all Christmas, can you Chris, maybe explain to me what the flipping hell is with these cologne commercials? Like, does everybody think it's a 30-second international film festival? Like, none of them make sense. Like, the one where Johnny Depp drives to the desert. Like, where am I going to go? What am I doing? Let me bury my jewelry. Because, okay, yes, buy cologne. Cool. Or the one with What's-Her-Face where she runs out of the building and down the street and painted something on the wall. And he's like, Coco, come back. Or what? Like, what the hell are these commercials? I have to keep my eye out for them. I haven't seen any of any of those that you've mentioned. Really? I, yeah, I'm I, like I'm a big TV watcher, but I'm a big flicker. Like when commercials happen, I'm off to I'm off. Oh, dude, the you Johnny know, the Depp thing. one. He's in a car. And he's like, "Where do I go?" It's all in his head. He's like, "Where do I go?" I don't know. And he's driving down the road, and he passes a freaking bull. No, not a bull. Um, what's the the, the bigger ones that are always roaming in the, the like the desert area? I'm having like a brain. A Thank you. Buffalo. Yes. He like passes a Buffalo on the street and then he makes the sharp turn and drives into the desert and digs a hole and takes all of his jewelry off and puts it in the hole. I'm like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> I'm going to have to look that one up. It doesn't make much sense. Oh, I hate, co- I hate cologne commercials and perfume commercials. All of them. Like I said, they think they're in some international film festival for 30 seconds and, I, I don't, and they don't make sense. Like no, none of them do. Yeah. Well, let me spray myself with that because your commercial made, you know, impacted me. 
Yeah, yeah. No one around. This guy's just like in the desert or driving around by himself. Yeah, I'm gonna just spray some cologne. <laughs> I'm gonna send you the links to these. The ads. worst, man. Like, uh, uh, I live in in a pretty big building here in Toronto, and you know, there's a few elevators. The worst is when you get into an elevator, and it's just it reeks. It's like somebody just took a full bottle of cologne and just smashed it on the floor, and it's all I smell is cologne. And I only go up five floors, and I can hardly deal with it. I don't understand why people need to shower in cologne. Like one spray, do the spray up top. I used to do the spray up top, and I used to kind of like jump into it or like spin around. Do one of those. It makes you feel pretty good after too. Here's the thing. Here, tip for everybody. If you can smell it yourself, you have too much on. Good call. I'm serious. You're not supposed to smell your own cologne. No. Or I, perfume. I agree. I agree. Oh, my God, Chris. I was looking for a link. I'm going to have to watch this now afterwards. There's actually a director's cut of Johnny Depp's commercial. Come on. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I'm looking at it right now. It's Chris, So, by the way, it's Christian Dior Sauvage. Um, <laughs> the new fragrance official director's cut. It's a minute and 20 seconds long. <laughs> I am going to have to look this one up. I'm going to have to watch this after the show. You sounded like um, like Joey in that uh, that episode of Friends when he's spraying the cologne. That's basically what it is. Well, yes. <laughs> oh, let's get the hell out of here. Nobody's talking, listening anyway. By the way, the other one, the Coco Mademoiselle. That's the one I was talking about. The commercial. Yeah. There's a three minute version online. I'm gonna have to watch that too. <laughs> Send me that. I'm going to look for that. I'm going to write that down, that Johnny. Uh, it's with Kira Knightley, by the way. And it's always like famous people oh, in these commercials. Of course, of course. Yeah. She like runs out of some hotel room and the guy's like, Coco! Yelling out the window. And yeah. anyway, <laughs> Joe and Chris for the Patreon page with Patreon.com front slash all in sports. And we have new tier levels for you guys as well heading into the new year. Uh, they'll be back tomorrow. We'll all be back on Monday. And then I'll have a special show in general next week for the Christmas week for you guys traveling because, you know, you know holidays and everything like that. You're not going to be listening that much. It's week 17 anyway. You shouldn't be playing it, but I'm still going to try and help you anyway. So I'll talk to you next time. Have a good one. Happy holidays if you don't listen. Do you want to record yours real quick? What, the thing? Yeah. <clears throat> no, I, I'm not going to do that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I will get it to you today. Okay, no problem. I just really didn't want you to have to do it now. Three minutes. I want to know what the full commercial is. Maybe it'll make more sense if I see the full commercial. It has to if it's three minutes long. Oh man! All right, I gotta run, dude. But I'll get right. you. Uh, I'll I'll flip you an email here later this afternoon. All right, I appreciate it, by the way. All right, no worries. All, All right, right, thanks. Talk to you later.